0: All righty, welcome into episode number seven of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Jason Martinez with you. Uh, Joe Torty will join us coming up in just a little bit when we talk to NHL.com and NHL Network fantasy expert Pete Jensen. We'll get to him coming up in a little bit. We're kind of dedicating this episode uh, to fantasy hockey. A couple of things to get to uh, some uh, maintenance issues here as we get into uh, episode seven of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Obviously, we're sitting here nestled in the month of August and uh, not a tremendous amount going on around the NHL. But I want to start the uh, podcast tonight by just uh, sending our support and prayers out for Eddie Olchuk of uh, the NHL on NBC. Of course, former NHL player, really good guy. And uh, just tweeted out yesterday that uh, the Chicago Blackhawks released the information that Eddie Olchuk was diagnosed with colon cancer. Uh, not exactly sure what the status of the cancer is, but obviously. Uh, we wish nothing but the best in recovery for Eddie Olchuk and uh, one of the good guys in the game, very good broadcaster was a good player and uh, we wish him uh, all the best in his battle against colon cancer. And we wait for the time when he gets back in the booth and doing what he does best calling games alongside doc Emmerich. So prayers and thoughts going out to Eddie Olchuk before we really get into into hockey discussion uh, here today, uh, a couple of other uh, news and notes uh, around the NHL. Yarmu uh, Yager still without a job and uh, a lot of speculation that uh, he could end up going back to the KHL, not really looking for a reduced role on an NHL team. A lot of people have uh, kind of tweeted in questions both to myself and to the at stick to hockey pod Twitter handle asking about Yager coming to Philadelphia. I just don't think it's likely that he ends up uh, at, back with the Flyers. Uh, it's just not the kind of player they're looking for at this time in his career Obviously, everybody cites uh, the years he was here with Claude Giroux and the success that Giroux had alongside Jager. Now, granted, that was a a few years ago. Jager now 45 years old. He was drafted in 1990, if you can believe it. Uh, So it's not really something that's going to be on the Flyers' radar at this point. So uh, don't look for that to happen for the Flyers. And uh, I I would suspect he's going to end up in the KHL Uh, playing for a team over there, and perhaps his NHL long and certainly Hall of Fame NHL career will come to an end, uh, uh, and we'll see how he does over in the KHL. If he does well, then perhaps uh, he could make a return to the NHL, but I think at this time, probably unlikely, not a lot of teams showing interest in Yaramir Yager. Also, uh, on the radar of a lot of people right now, uh, is the situation, uh, this trade rumor. Uh, I've gotten asked about this a bunch on Twitter, uh, that the Flyers and Montreal Canadiens are in talks to trade Travis Sanheim to the Canadians for Max Pacioretty or Galchenyuk. Uh, I did a little digging on this and didn't even really feel necessary to do it. It makes no sense to me. When you look at this uh, this proposed deal, either for Pacioretty or for Galchenyuk, it doesn't make any sense to me. If you look at what the Canadians have done in this offseason, uh, a team, and Mark Bergevin, their general manager, I think, has made moves and done things with that team that makes them think they can win now. Uh, look back to last off season when they traded to get Shea Weber for PK Subban. Uh, when they've uh, kind of made these deals that they've made along the way, trading young defensemen to get uh, some scoring. Now uh, they're a team I think that feels, and the GM probably feels this way, that they have to win now or his job's on the line. And they feel like their window's open. They they signed Carey Price to a huge extension, which they had to do. Uh, but they're a team that feels like they can win now. I think that's a A foolish thought. I don't think they're a team that is a legit cup contender right now. Certainly not bonafide, uh, although with that goaltender, Carey Price, if he gets locked in at the right time of year and they go into the playoffs playing well and healthy, they could certainly go on a run. We've seen weaker teams and weaker goaltended teams do that uh, but I, I think that's a little bit of fool's gold there in Montreal. But I, I don't think they make a trade for a 19 year old defenseman that's developing, hasn't even played an NHL game, and give up some uh, high powered forwards to do so. So uh, I did some digging on that. I'm not hearing anything uh, to confirm those rumors. So I'll just get that out of the way right now that I, I think that is, uh, while semi-idiotic, completely unlikely. So uh, I'm not going to comment on that any further. I'm not going to say somebody or, or Eklund from Hockey Buzz, his reports are wrong. He's got his sources, and certainly he's willing, he's okay to report whatever he's hearing. Um, I just don't hear anything similar to it, and I don't buy it. So um, maybe those two teams are talking, but I highly doubt it's for what the package that uh, he had discussed. And the Flyers and Canadians have talked a few times this offseason, uh, but nothing to that effect where you would trade Sanheim uh, to Montreal to get Max ready or chen or whoever it might be. So um, we'll kind of dismiss that one right away. Uh, coming up also, uh, the next couple of weeks, uh, NHL is kind of dark right now. A lot of the guys out of town and going away. A couple things we have coming up on the radar, though. Uh, I'm working on getting Claude Giroux to come on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. Also, Flyers head coach Dave Hackstall. We're also efforting to get uh, Rick Tockett, who's now the coach in Arizona, of course, was with the Penguins the last number of years. He's the bench boss now in Arizona. We'll get him uh, and talk to uh, Rick Tockett and obviously spend time as a flyer, as a penguin around this game a very long time. It'd be good to talk to him and uh, a couple other guys that we're working on. We'll leave you some uh, surprises coming up, Craig Button as well. And we're going to get to a bunch of these guys over the next couple of weeks as we kind of count down the days until the 2016 or 2017, 18 season starts. it's really not that far off at this point. We're basically at the midpoint of August here. And uh, preseason action uh, around the NHL starting mid-September. So we're not that many uh, days away at this point from the preseason opener. Flyers will open their preseasons against the Islanders coming up on the 17th. That's just 38 days from now. And then they'll open the regular season 55 days here as we sit on this Thursday. So the regular season, the NHL season is getting ready to come out of hibernation. You're starting to see a little bit on Twitter of uh, some of the writers and and the NHL community starting to wake up from their hibernation. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, This week we get into fantasy and uh, one note on that real quick before we get to uh, to Dave Jensen. We're going to actually do a fantasy uh, hockey league for the Stick to Hockey podcast. Uh, We'll get you details coming up here in the next two weeks or so on how we're going to do that, uh, how we're going to Kind of decide who gets in it. We've got a couple of different things we want to do. We can either involve a ton of people that listen to the podcast and do some sort of salary cap league, or we may just do like a twelve or sixteen team league, and we'll hold a draft. We'll get a place and we'll go do a draft and and do it that way. And we'll have a certain number of spots for for listeners of the podcast, but we'll get a few people. Uh, Joe obviously, Tordy will do a, po- a team in there as well. I will, and uh, a few other dignitaries, if you will, uh, we'll get them involved, and then we'll also get some of the listeners of the podcast. Involved as well. If you're a listener to the podcast, thank you. Number one, first and foremost, uh, our numbers have been off the charts and we really appreciate it. We started this thing in late June and through July, and we've had such a, a very great reception to the podcast. And uh, obviously, when we get into the season, this is going to jump up even further. Um, The podcast numbers have been off the charts. The reviews on iTunes, if you haven't done a review and you've subscribed on iTunes, please leave a review, leave some comments. I'm not sure why that's good for the podcast, but I'm told it is. And uh, I've read through those, and I really appreciate the kind words and everything that everybody have said. And the reception of this podcast has been much more overwhelming than I could have even imagined. Uh, Obviously, as you know, a lot of you, I kind of— Hinted at doing this for a long time and just couldn't find the time to do it. Finally got frustrated enough with the lack of talk of uh, this great game on the local airwaves here in Philadelphia on sports radio and figured, you know what, let's scratch this itch and let's do this. Let's have a great podcast and do what we can to spread the word about the great game. And certainly we've talked a lot of NHL around the league, Flyers uh, leaning obviously a little bit, uh, and we're going to do that throughout this season. Uh, I'm looking forward to when the season gets started because my access – to players and and dignitaries around the NFL, or the NHL rather, is going to go through the roof. I'm going to be able to, we're going to put out two a week. We're not sure what days yet are going to be the best for us to record and get these pushed out to everybody. But once we get into the season and I'm around players and coaches and general managers and other people around the game every week. We're going to be doing a lot of interviews and getting a lot of really good stuff for the podcast. And we're looking forward to that. Uh, Also talk to uh, some friends at the flyers. We're going to do some giveaways some tickets and those kind of things. So there's going to be a lot more involved as we get into the season here. The last, you know, the end of June through now has been a good time to kind of work out some kinks, figure out some rhythm uh, on the podcast. And certainly if you want to tweet your comments about the podcast, things you'd rather Hear more of or less of, and those kind of things. Let us know because we're we're not we don't have this thing figured out. We don't have any kind of preconceived notion of what the podcast should sound like. Uh, That I want that to come from you guys, the people that listen to the podcast, to tell us what you want out of this podcast first and foremost, how much more around the NHL. We're going to get into college hockey when the college hockey season starts. When we get into March and, and, and late in the season, we might dip into some high school hockey and those kind of things and recruiting and get into all kinds of stuff. we still have coming up. We're, this one obviously dedicated to fantasy hockey. Like I said, we're going to get into some stuff with broadcasters over the next couple of weeks before the season starts. We're also going to get into a show about hockey equipment Uh, the latest equipment, some of the debates about goalie equipment and those kind of things we'll get into, some rule change things and a lot of other stuff. We're hoping to talk to Kerry Frazier, actually, former NHL official. We'll get into a lot of that stuff as well uh, before we get this season rolling, which, like I said, is not that far off. Uh, So we'll get into that. But this is Episode 7 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. If you have any interest in uh, advertising, getting your sponsoring, the Stick to Hockey podcast, hit us up at this email, sticktohockeybiz at gmail.com. You can do that on there and send us a note. And we'd be happy to do something for you. Also, uh, check out our Twitter handle, at Pod at Joe Tordy, J-O-E-T-O-R-D-Y, or, and of course, at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. Your comments, criticisms, and critiques, always welcome there. And without further ado, let's go to our fantasy hockey expert. He's the senior fantasy editor at NHL.com and NHL network analyst. We're a Penn Stater as well. Let's go to Pete Jensen right now. Pete, how you doing? Doing well, guys, and thanks for
1: having me on.
0: When do your preparations begin? I know you've been putting out your, your rankings, and uh, you guys are going through mocks and those kind of things. How long have you been kind of preparing for this time of year and uh, drafts getting ready to start here in the next couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because we have uh, here at the NHL, we have more resources devoted to fantasy coverage than we've had in the past. It's become more of an editorial priority, which I think is a great thing, uh, not only for fans to uh, get more involved, more engaged, but to try to um, you know convince the casual fan to come over and uh, get more involved and follow teams other than their favorite team in the NHL. So that's a great thing. I mean, our preparations begin right after the season where we start uh, breaking down things like the draft. And this year was the expansion draft and, of course, free agency and trades. And now we have this kind of time in late July, early August, before training camps begin, uh, before the fantasy game on Yahoo's platform itself is released, we have – a chance to uh, digest all of the stats from last year we're going team by team we're breaking down on NHL.com all the fantasy relevant players around the league at forward defense and goalie and uh, yeah once we get Yahoo's preliminary rankings and we start looking at things like average draft position then you can really get a sense of where guys are going and where you should take them or where you should wait for guys or which players you could really avoid
2: Pete, when you're trying to put together a fantasy football team, people say, "Oh yeah, you got to go running back, running back. You got to go running back, wide receiver." Is there a strategy that's emerged as far as you've seen for drafting a fantasy hockey team, or is it a best player available strategy?
1: I mean, certainly early on, it could be best player available. I personally like to draft in the first round either um, either the top-notch centers like Crosby. McDavid, Austin Matthews maybe at first, but then I shift more towards the elite wings or the elite defensemen. And the elite defensemen, we all know their names by now, Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. And then the wings include players like Jamie Benn, Patrick Kane, Alex Ovechkin, Patrick Line, who's an up-and-coming second-year player from Winnipeg. And yeah, I just... Early on, I like to focus on my offense because that's where you could really get high ceiling type guys that you know could take the next step. And pretty much early on, it's pretty certain that a lot of those guys will finish in the top 15 or 20 uh, or 25, even if they have a down season. So you could really get the offensive talent to set you apart. And of course, later on, there's a lot of depth at forward where you can fill in the gaps. But yeah, this particular year, I like to avoid. The goaltenders, because you look at the top three guys, um, Carey Price lineup has some major concerns on defense and at center. Uh, Braden Holpe lost half of his defense this offseason between Olsner and Nate Schmidt and Kevin Shattenkirk. And then Matt Murray, without Marc-Andre Fleury, he's never really been a full-time number one guy. He's dealt with injuries uh, so really, I like more of the depth of the goaltending position, and I would wait for goaltender in this particular
0: year. Let, let's stay right there on the goaltender position, and we'll kind of work our way from the crease out here and look at some specific players. I, I see your rankings. you got a guy like Devin Dubnik at nine. That's tremendous value as your ninth-ranked goalie, a guy like John Gibson. How much is uh, kind of the situations that took place this offseason, and when you look at uh, maybe a guy like Gibson in particular, now with Ryan Miller behind him, uh, how much do those kind of situations play into a guy's value. And you have Matt Murray at number two, obviously without a flurry behind him. He's going to see 60 starts in this league probably this year. Uh, Does that heighten That obviously heightens his value, right?
1: Yeah, it heightens Murray's value, no doubt. Uh, That said, he is a risk. I mean, for the reasons I just mentioned, I really love the depth at the goaltending position. I think if you can get John Gibson early and then handcuff him later with Ryan Miller, I think that's a great strategy. Obviously, I would do the same uh, even though Auntie Niemi has been down in recent years, he's capable of great things with a good defense and forward group like Pittsburgh has in front of him. So I would handcuff Niemi as well late. I thought those two backup goaltending signings in free agency were very underrated and could really give you some insurance when putting stock into guys like Murray and Gibson. And then, of course, later on, I think there's a trio of goaltenders for teams that are much improved that could really give you value. I mean, it remains to be seen exactly how, uh, which round you're going to be able to get these guys in. But I really, I think Andre Vasilevsky for Tampa Bay, I think Tampa Bay is almost the lock to make the playoffs.
0: They may win the Atlantic Division. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, I agree. I think that looking at the Atlantic Division, it's more competitive than last year. But I think the two teams that jump out to me. In the Atlantic, as potential division winners, are Tampa Bay and Toronto. Which brings me to my next point about Frederick Anderson. He should be available in the middle rounds, right around Vasilevsky, maybe a little behind him. And he has an outside shot at forty wins this team this year. Mm-hmm. If um, if that team takes the next step, but he you re- really showed me a lot in the playoffs in that series against Washington, and then of course Ben Bishop, who's a big off-season mover, and I think. You can't underestimate this Dallas Stars team. I think they're the most improved team in the league. They're going to have a lot of offensive firepower after adding, uh, you know, Bishop on the back end and Mark Mathot on the back end. And, of course, at forward with Alexander Radulov, Martin Hansel for scoring depth, and, uh, of course, Radulov for the first power play unit. So, yeah, Ben Bishop, I really like.
0: Don't forget the Dallas team, you know, won the Central Division two years ago. And now you got a coach in there in Ken Hitchcock, who is a good coach for goaltenders. He's made a lot of goaltenders look pretty good.
1: Yeah, no question. It's going to be interesting to see how he mixes up the lines with Spezza, Radulov, Ben, and Sagan. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, a lot of offensive talent there. And, um, yeah, two years ago, they were a division winner in arguably the toughest division in the league. And, um, yeah, they just... They were the top scoring offense and top five power play in the league. So, that the offensive potential is certainly there for Dallas.
2: Pete, let's move on to the defensemen briefly here as we take a look. Brett Burns and Eric Carlson at the top of your rankings. What sets them apart from each other, and also from say the the next guys down from Headman, Latang, Yossi, and uh, Kevin Shattenkirk as well.
1: Yeah, I mean those two have just been so consistent in, in terms of their point pr- production. Brent Burns, you look back at his three—he's played three seasons now on defense. He's had seventy-plus points twice. He's a—he's a, uh, shots on goal maniac. He's really just uh, throws pucks at the net, creates so much offense. And San Jose took major steps back last season offensively and on the power play, and he was really the biggest driver of offense for them. He, his numbers didn't really take a step back. So that shows a lot about his sustainability as an elite asset. Eric Carlson, I had him ahead of Burns after that amazing playoff, but he did have that surgery um, on his tendons and he's, uh, you know, an injury risk. But a couple years ago, he had 80, 82 points in 82 games, which a defenseman hadn't done before that in about 10 years. So I really like him obviously as a top 10 overall player and Burns right ahead of him just because of that slight injury uh, concern on Carlson's front. But yeah, further down the line, there's some great value at defense. Uh, Whether you look at Klingberg for Dallas, who we mentioned, bounce back potential. Um, You look at Guys like Shattenkirk going to the Rangers, Justin Falk for the Hurricanes, who I think can be a much improved team. And he was tied for second in the league in goals last year among defensemen, uh, even missing some time because of injury and having some inconsistencies. And yeah, I just really like the depth on defense. Chris Latang as well could be a big bargain. If he falls outside the top fifty because of his injury concerns,
0: yeah, you you have him ranked pretty high. Let's look at a couple other defensemen real quick. Are you expecting a bounce back year from a guy like Shane Gossisbear? And what do you expect out of? Uh, I see your ranking here uh, on, on a guy like uh, you know Aaron Ekblad. And you have him twenty seventh in the defensive rankings. Uh, why so low for Ekblad? And expecting a bounce back year on Gossisbear?
1: I mean, I think fair, it's going to be interesting to see who the fifth player is on Philly's uh, man advantage unit. The top unit with Giroux, Voracek, Simmons, and Gossespierre. Spare could be Konechny, could be Nolan Patrick. I really like how Philly has, is going to inject some youth into their lineup. So, yeah, I could expect the Bear to bounce back this season. Uh, I'm a little concerned, though, because a lot of people took him high last year, so you got to temper the expectations. Uh, Aaron Eckblad is interesting because he really did not perform offensively despite having an elite shot total last year and not really so much on the power play either because, you know, Keith Yandel cuts into those minutes and there's a lot of turnover in Florida in terms of their forward group, losing so many guys, losing Yager, um, losing Riley Smith. You uh, see, Jokinen, there's been so many losses there and so many question marks. Even with their top line, those guys can't really stay healthy between Barkov and Huberto. So, some concerns with Aaron Ekblad. But if one of these years he bounced back and, you know, even took it a step forward into the top 10 among defensemen, I don't think he could be very surprised by that. So, Ekblad, still very young, some injury concerns. He's had multiple concussions. So, uh, I temper the expectations there as well, but a very high ceiling for Ekblad. He's a, go- he's a goal scorer, high shot volume guy, You know, someone who could really make a difference if the uh, offensive uh, fortunes start to go into his favor.
2: Pete, moving right along to the forwards, you mentioned a couple of different guys that have improved their situations. There has been a lot of movement in terms of scoring wingers in particular this offseason. Who did the most to help out their draft position and who had uh, maybe a step back because of the moves?
1: Yeah, I think one step back could be Artemi Panarin. I mean, I, I do expect him to stay in the, you know, above 60 points, playing with Alexander Wenberg, who is a great uh, playmaker for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but not being able, able to have that constant exposure to Patrick Kane at even strength and even strengthen on the power play should ultimately hurt his value slightly. So I would take him more in the third round as opposed to the first or second uh, after that trade, Alexander Radulov, we mentioned uh, he had a career year on the power play. I think he could take it even a step further to 60 to 65 points and, you know, 20 plus on the power play, which would be great for his fantasy stock. Um, I mean, further down the line, there's uh, there's been some moves at wing that have really... Uh, you know, it's it's there's just so there's so much value at wing. There's so many rookies to consider. There's so many uh, so many forwards who can make a difference with breakout and sleeper potential. That um, really you can in the middle rounds you can address uh, some of those other positions. You can get some puck moving defensemen like I mentioned. You could get solidify your goaltending with two or three strong goaltenders. And um, yeah, I'm also looking at. Uh, you know, Evgeny Dadinov went to Florida. He's kind of unproven. He uh, has a chance to play, though, with Barkov and Huberto, and coming over from the KHL, I think that could be a real sleeper uh, in fantasy leagues.
0: Well, is the top of your draft, you look at this, especially your forward position, is this pretty much uh, not debatable? May- maybe the order changes a little bit, either Crosby, McDavid, or, or Austin Matthews, but uh, McDavid is pretty much the consensus to go number one, led the league in scoring last year, won the hard trophy. Uh, is it pretty much chalk that he's the number one overall pick, or does Crosby have a push here to try and, uh, and outdo him after being outdone last year, despite the fact that Crosby's won back-to-back Cups?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be close, no question. Crosby led the league in goals. Maybe his shooting percentage will dip a tiny bit, um, but he's going to be right up there with McDavid Um, Crosby has played a lot of hockey in the past two years between the world cup and the world championships and going deep into the playoffs two years in a row. So I I would go with the younger legs with McDavid. Uh, but yeah, I think you can't go wrong with either of those players up there. Uh, some people have said that Austin Matthews, I have ranked a little too high. I mean, I can agree with those concerns. There's no question you could uh, get safer picks with guys like Jamie Benn, Patrick Kane, Alex Ovechkin, Eric Carlson, even with the injury concern. But I just look at Matthews. At, you know, this guy led the NHL at 18 years old, and he even strength goals. Still room for improvement on the power play. He Had a very strong total, elite shot volume. Going to get to play with Patrick Marleau. He was playing most of last year with marginal rookie wings, so. I really like Matthew's ceiling, and that's why I have him ranked so high. But, yeah, pretty much the top 15, 20 guys I don't think are really debatable um, just because of their high point ceilings, even down to a John Tavares.
0: That's I, exactly what I wanted to ask you about was a guy like Tavares? You have him ranked 17th. I was little, a little stunned by that. Let me ask you about one other guy real quick because I don't, I don't know where to – even consider Steven Stamkos right now. We know about the uh, the, the injuries that he's had, and, and they're not like recurring injuries. You know, the blood clot, and then you know, slamming the knee or the leg rather into the the post, right. you're going to lose that battle every time. I, I don't know how to consider where I should take him because I know when he's playing, he can he can fill it up, but I'm not sure what to kind of make of what his value is right now.
1: Yeah, I have him still in the top 25 just because of the caliber player he is when healthy. And I think we saw last year a great example was Evgeny Malkin. Just uh, going into the season, he was viewed as a guy that would probably play 60 to 65 games like he usually does and be close to a point a game. Um, Stamkos obviously played much fewer games last season. But Malkin, even though he missed time near the end of the year, he still finished. I believe it was top five or top ten overall. And then was amazing in the playoffs so take a lesson by that and try to get Stamkos as late as you can I mean there's a chance people will avoid him into the late second round I think if you can get him with one of the final picks in the second round of a 12 team league you've done a great job because he's going to be playing he had tremendous chemistry with Nikita Kucherov Kucherov at 80 plus points last year Despite missing multiple games and not playing with Stamkos, that's why I have Kucherov so high because he did so well without Stamkos and with Stamkos, those two could finish, you know, both among the top ten overall uh, if all goes right.
2: We haven't asked you about a guy like Matt Duchesne, who's kind of a wild card because you know nobody knows where he's going to end up. What's the range for his talents if he moves, you know, from the Avalanche or if he stays put?
1: I mean, if he stays put, he should probably get you. Because at this point, we're starting to project assuming that he will stay in Colorado because he wasn't moved at the deadline, wasn't moved at the draft, and wasn't moved around free agency. He could still be moved before the start of the season. There's a lot of rumblings. I know he's saying he's preparing for playing for any. He's not preparing for playing for a certain team right now, which indicates he could still be traded. So Matt Duchesne, right now I have around the 150 range. I think if he's traded to a contender, he'll definitely move forward into the top 100 preseason ranks. Right now I would project him a safe estimate for a bounce back with Colorado, who should be a little bit better if everybody stays healthy with Tyson Jost, um, the underrated rookie. I think Matt Duchesne could get you 50, 55 points. I think we have him projected for 54 right now. Obviously that could be much higher if he goes to any number of contenders around the league. So stay tuned with him. Try to get him in the mid to late rounds. His value has never been lower since being in the NHL. So, yeah, he's a he could be an absolute bargain, especially if you draft him maybe the week before the start of the season and then he's traded so or traded at any point during the season. So something to look forward to with Duchesne, hopefully better
0: times ahead. Talking with Pete Jensen from NHL.com, NHL Network, uh, Senior Fantasy Editor. Uh, Pete, last question for you. Give me a sleeper forward, a sleeper defenseman, and a sleeper goaltender. A little under-the-radar guy that could uh, pay some good dividends for you.
1: Yeah, I mentioned Evgeny Dadunov for the uh, Florida Panthers. I mean, there are a couple of other guys to choose from. I really like, uh, I like what's going on in Carolina right now. I like... Uh, their offense, I like the point pair of Cabo Taravainen and Sebastian Ajo. They played a lot last season. They were their top point pair. They were um, playing on the power play together, and I think they could both take a big step forward to lift the Hurricanes back to the playoffs. So I'll go with Taravainen because he's a little bit more under the radar and has been you know, a sleeper and waiting for a number of years after being on the Blackhawks and stuff. So, yeah, I'll go with Taravainen there. I mean, on defense – Sleeper defenseman, I'm looking at maybe Shay Theodore with the Vegas Golden Knights. I know we haven't really talked about them.
0: I, I the love video, that one, by the way, but, yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but Shea Theodore was outstanding when Cam Fowler was out for the Ducks in the first round of the playoffs against the Flames. He pretty much was a big reason they swept the Calgary Flames. So I like his opportunity to play with James Neal and Jonathan Marchessault and David Perron on that first power play unit for the expansion team. And then on defense, I mean, uh, in the crease, uh, I mean, there's a couple. I like Steve Mason and Mike Smith in terms of uh, going to new teams that could help their value, but one guy for a much improved team that I think could take a big step forward as a full-time starting goaltender is Robin Lehner, especially if Jack Eichel stays healthy for a full season with some of those additions in the lineup, Nathan Beaulieu, Uh, Marco Scandella, uh, Jason Pommenville. I like Robin Lehner's chances for 30 wins this season and for the Sabres to become a much more competitive team, especially at even strength.
0: Hey, Pete, we appreciate the information. You can check out Pete on Twitter at NHL, Jensen, J-E-N-S-E-N, Senior Fantasy Editor editor at uh, NHL.com and NHL Network Analyst, and a Penn State alum. That's a beautiful thing, (laughs) as am I. Pete, we appreciate it, man. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks for this. It was a great show, and I look forward to doing it again in the future.
0: All right, there he is, NHL fantasy
2: guru, NHL Network, NHL.com, Pete Jensen. Thank Pete again for uh, coming on the program. Really enjoyed it. Uh, That's going to just about wrap things up for this week's podcast. As a reminder, uh, we're trying to come up with some kind of consistency for when uh, these things are going to be released. But uh, with the schedules and just the way that things are working out, it's kind of piecemealed together so far. So thank you very much for bearing with us. But. We're looking forward to a couple of big announcements pretty soon, fantasy-related and otherwise, so make sure that you guys look out for those. And uh, if you didn't get your fantasy question answered, never fear. We're going to uh, have Pete on uh, down the road as well, so make sure that uh, you, you get in your questions. We'll have plenty of opportunity to uh, run those by Pete Jensen, hopefully before your drafts as well. So, in addition uh, to everything else that's going on, of course, want to remind you, as always, that... Anytime that you're listening on Wildfire Radio or uh, on iTunes, if you're listening on Stitcher, anytime you have the opportunity to connect with the podcast, whether it's to rate, or to comment or anything like that. It really helps us out big time. So if you have the chance to do that, you haven't done it already, please make sure that you do it. It helps us out in a lot of different ways and we're really looking forward to continuing to grow this thing. Um, a lot of people have been asking about, once again, multiple releases and you guys going to go more than once a week and everything like that. Uh, the faster that uh, a couple different things happen, um, the, the sooner that is and the way that you can help out is by helping us grow this thing as quickly as we can. Obviously, hockey's a uh, an awesome sport and there's not a ton of uh, coverage all the time uh, especially at the local levels here but we're trying to do as much as we can to really you know contribute to the growth of the sport it's a cool game that we have here and uh the opportunity to discuss it at a league wide level and eventually uh, we're going to expand to into a worldwide level as well uh it, it's really cool that we get to do this so you guys are an enormous part of that so we thank you very much for your contributions there and, and for everything that you've done to help us out so that's going to just about wrap things up. Once again, as always, if you have any kind of suggestions or thoughts for who our next guest should be on the podcast, reach out to us on Twitter at Jason Mert, at Joe Torty and of course at Stick to Hockey Pod. Until next time, for Jason Mertitas, Joe Torty saying stick to hockey.